Why my t-shirts? <laughs> <laughs> Our intro is slightly too long. <laughs> this is Mitch. Oh, too long. Wet, wet. Why my t-shirts? <laughs> Thank you, Oz, for my yeah. mate Oz for making that. Never met this guy. I think he doesn't exist. No, no, it's like uh, James McAvoy split. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wasn't me. It was Oz that did it. I make music. What's <laughs> <laughs> oh, a candy? Let's go. Welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Vincent Green. I'm your host, Nozzle Tui, and I forget what we're doing. <laughs> and this is <laughs> this is the of the Party Snatchers, and this week we're going to Hawkins, Indiana for our fucking very own episode of Stranger Things. In this episode, we're going to talk about not just season four, the brand spanking new release that just came out, yeah, and the 1st of July, I want to say, but we're also going to be talking about season one, season two, season three. We're going to go all the way back to the start of the Upside Down. so we can Broad strokes, the... people. Broad pretty, strokes. Pretty much, we're going to go from Demigorgon to Vecna in one hour. Let's fucking do this thing. Mm. Right, so Noel, what was your initial um, uh, uh, fucking um, exposure to Stranger Things before it released? Remember this megalith? Oh, no, this completely snuck up with me. Um. You know, like Netflix releases a great show every now and again, and I may, may have heard some rumblings or something. And it was like this, this 80s, I think this kind of started for me, the, this where everything just seemed to be 80s again. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of horror movies came out, some great ones. Um, the Summer of 86 was a great movie, but um, this, this came out and I did not know what it was. I did not know what genre it fell under. And I gave it a shot and I was... I, I do recall the first episode thinking I love that theme tune. Mm. I said uh, it to my ringtone. Yeah, I said it to my partner. I said that that's A's. That's A's. That's synth pop. And then the kids in it were so young with such great actors, such great yeah. chemistry. The chemistry that we've seen adults, mm. seasoned actors, not have. Because yeah. it's quite often. Some people just exude kind of that kind of energy, like, you know, the Jim Carrey's of the world who bounce off people because he's just such a charismatic man. Uh, but, like, they just had this chemistry. It was just there. Um, I think it's good casting, but I also think it's a bit of luck. I think you just need to, it needs to get right. And uh, I I love that first season. I'd never seen anything like it. And that's all I, I want now. That's what I crave mm. is something yeah. I haven't seen. Mm. And I had not, and nobody had seen yeah. Stranger Things. Yeah, when I was when I was working in Dublin at the time when Stranger Things came out, I actually hadn't even heard of it at the time. I think I was like a couple of weeks later after initially release, somebody told me about it, and um, I was like, "Wait, what's this about?" They're like, "Yeah, it's just like kind of weird sci-fi horror." Um, they're like, "Just check it out. If you like horror, you you love it." And I was like, uh, "Okay," and I was uh, I was wondering how the fuck I not know about this thing. So I went home that night. Uh, me and the missus chewed on Netflix, got home from work, and then. Uh, the fucking first episode, I was like, what the fuck is this? I was this like, this is okay. my new religion. I was yeah. like, okay, what's this now? And then we watched uh, the first two or three episodes, I think, in, in that first night. 
And I was instantaneously hooked. And I've been hooked ever since. I'm a huge fan of this show. Like, huge fan. Like, it, this has everything that I love about horror. Like, everything that I, I love about sci-fi. And, and it blends all the 80s classic homages, the plays with the tropes. It's like, it pretty much, it's kind of like, uh, like, it has so much Stephen King about it as well. Like, it's it has a bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, it's just completely its own thing. Like, a movie we're going to be talking about in the next episode is Cabin in the Woods. And that has that in spades, too. That it, it just, it, it has everything of you the classics. Yeah, exactly. I said we we covered Mad Dog, which is completely off. Mad God, res- Mad God, excuse I me. I call that Mad Dog the whole thing. Too. Sorry, God. Yeah. Um, but um, and it was completely off the reservation. Reason. And all I said to you was, I said, "Man, we're doing this," and you were like, "What's it about?" Blah blah blah. And I, I basically just said, "Look, I, I don't even know what it's about, but I promise yeah. you this: you haven't don't. seen it. Yeah, you've never seen it before. Still don't know what it's about. Still don't know what it's about. <laughs> well." There is something so magical about something you haven't seen, and the yeah. the degree of acting and the quality. Like when Ona Ryder has a mother who hasn't Twice. given up on her son, Twice even though years. even though that's exactly what you do after the first forty hours, or you know, as yeah. in the you know, not that you give up. Sorry, but you know, it, it's such strange circumstances. But she started to believe in the bizarre. She was willing to go crazy. I love that first season where she was like the store she was working at. She was just like. How many hours do I put in a week? Just put it on my credit. You know what I yeah. mean? Just, and she wanted like lights, string lights. She wanted telephones. She, she wanted... got two weeks advance in her wages. Yeah, That's she all just was. just do yeah. it because she's she like, can I get a pack of camels? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she'd say like, pick up smoking again. Mm. And uh and uh and she was just so brilliant. When on a writer, yeah, since my introduction to her in the 80s, yeah. as a very young boy, has been one not just such a talented. But such a likable woman. Yeah. Just so likable in everything. Even the, the, the little goth, even the, go, even the little goth in Beetlejuice. I myself am somewhat strange yeah. and unusual. Uh, she was yeah. just so likable. There's, so, there's just something where I almost wish to never meet her. I like her so much because if anything happened to dispel my understanding of Winona just being an absolutely lovely yeah 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 yeah, she had yeah she shoplifted that one time who hasn't who hasn't I definitely don't have a shoplifting addiction so (laughs) I I can judge away but um yeah like when this movie uh, this show came out like it flew on the radar for me but I was so happy I caught up with it when I did and and I've been there for the journey like you know what I mean to see Millie Bobby Brown become the superstar to see Finn Wolfhard be like literally if you want to have a group of kids that are trying to pretty much solve an issue Finn Wolfhard is the guy to go to like pretty much he was in the Losers Club in 8 and then he was in fucking Ghostbusters Afterlife like you know what I mean like so if you want to pretty much have a group of kids need to solve a problem if you don't have Finn Wolfhard in your group you're doomed is all I'm saying that's all I'm saying he's the ghost he's lived through yeah. four seasons of Stranger Things and the dude he, knows how to survive things. They touch it. upon it in the in the fourth season. Finally, don't they, they? They just say it. He's the heart. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter that that not that it doesn't matter. Eleven's the gun. Eleven's the the weapon. Eleven is the, the She's yeah, but she's pure as well. Like she she actually is a good person. She's not like just this like mindless character. She doesn't know a lot because yeah. of her isolation, but she she does know that she's not bad, and she does know right from wrong. But 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 um, she isn't the heart, and he he is, and he all. It was crazy to me how around this girl who was capable of so much, everyone still had their place. Like everyone was still bringing something to the table, mm. and that's just good writing. 
because she's it's not like a Justice League where sure Superman 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 could punch the moon out of orbit sure Batman can't do that don't get me wrong there's a huge disparity but uh, but it doesn't but uh, this had nothing they were just kids who played D and D and they managed to write it in such a way where everyone had a moment to be brave and everyone had a moment to kind of make it about them and Hopper was like a bit of an asshat but he he wouldn't do wrong by anyone. Yeah, and yeah. I just fell in love with all of the characters on an individual level. Every but single one. They're also broken in their own way or something. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then they start and the one putting you each other to, back together or something. The first season, you need that. to give it to Steve because yeah. Steve survived that first season when he could have been so tertiary. Yeah, he could have oh, been an man. afterthought. It's so funny. I said this the other day to um to the room we were watching season four, and I was just like, it's so funny Steve's progression as a character because he, he could have gone anyway after season one. He could have been a total asshole. He could be we're all rooting for Jonathan for most of season one. And everyone was like, What to make of Steve? And then he had this bit of a redemption arc near the end, and then he helped defeat the, the demigorgon in in the buyer's house before the demigorgon kind of teleported and ended up fighting at the school and shit. But like, and then you have this. He has this little bit of redemption arc, and he uh, he pretty much helps uh, him and Nancy replace Jonathan's camera and stuff like that. And it shows that maybe he actually is a bit of a good guy and shit. And the way they developed his character in season two with Dustin and that relationship with Dustin and the way that's gone on throughout the seasons is fucking genius. Like, I as you said, Steve could have so easily been tertiary character and been killed off at the start of season two, and a lot of people would have dealt with him that way and focused on Nancy. And we would have moved on. We did with like like Beth. We like Beth. But uh, like she died, and it does like sometimes, like you know, at the, Beth Barb. Well, there you go, like justice for Barb's. <laughs> like, come justice on, for Barb. But Barb's death was brutal. Um, but mm. we moved on. Yeah, like yeah. we did. Like it, like it, it did forward the storyline. It did up the scale. They they made us care about them enough that their death had meaning, but it did also didn't deflect from the main cast. And they could have done do that. Excuse me, done that with Steve because he was kind of like just a good looking kid. A little bit like, but knows it. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit cocksure. The king of Hawkins High School. Yeah, the king of Hawkins High School, and um, they could have just kept it simple and just met him a bit of a jock, and not, not even maybe not killed him up. Met, met him inconsequential in one way or another. Yeah. Um, and they didn't, and he got he kind of got by just based on the fact that I don't think they were planning on him being as likable as he was. Joe Curry's such a good actor, though. He is. He's such a good actor, and yeah. now he's had such a great career, and he seems like a good dude. Again, I'm kind of rooting for all these kids. I really, really am. Oh and, man, he's uh, brilliant in Spree. If anyone's brilliant in Spree, it's a great movie, man. Oh, like, uh, like the the the, the, the chase of clout. Yeah, know anything about it? Disgusting, yeah. disgusting behavior. <laughs> but like, I just think uh, he's a perfect example of how you can really do character development if you're open minded about what way you develop the, your characters. No small, no small parts, small actors. What's the expression that I'm, I'm absolutely butchering? I don't know. I think but but there is there's a thing where there's no small parts or just small characters, small actors or something like that. And uh, you know, do you remember Rick Mail and Black Adder? Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. He shows like I mean, you have Rowan Atkinson, you have Mr. Bean, you have Blackadder. You've got one of the best character actors of all time, if not the best character actor of his generation. And then you have uh, Rick Mail, literally, quite literally, dropped through the roof, yeah, like, with an explosion and like <laughs> shoot down a, a rope and just take over the fucking place. And, and that is what a really good character does. And I'm not to say Steve was as explosive as that, but also you kind of knew that he had a place. Yeah, he had a place in it. Whatever's going to happen, it felt like it was his town too. There was nuance to him and stuff like that. 
I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, the first season for me, he wins because he survived it. Yeah. When everyone else was clearly set up to. Yeah. He he kind of comes through. He could have been so easily been a sacrificial lamb in season oh, one. Easily, like, so easily. And the way he's developed, he's probably one of the best characters in the entire show now. Like, you know oh, I mean? yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. Like, and what did you think of, like, because we, we we touched on, we talked about Steve, we talked a little bit about Joyce, we talked a little bit about Hopper, a little bit about Nancy as well. But like the and you touched a little bit on about Mike. So, but the main core of this show is the little group, the D and D group that later kind of develops into the Hellfire Club with Eddie and all that in season four. But what do you make of like the undeniable chemistry between uh, Lucas, Dustin, Mike, Will, and then later on Eleven as she comes when into it? Playing, well, yeah, Eleven as as well. But just get yeah, a little bit before um, Eleven when they're playing D and D. They're eighties kid. I'm an eighties kid. Mm. I, I remember, like, I mean, again, I was born in 83, so I remember, like, a little bit, but I just remember my very early childhood in there, and um, I always felt like these kids, I could imagine them, you know what I mean, I could imagine they were just 80s nerdy kids, I remember 80s nerdy kids who were a little bit older than me, like, you know, and I just felt the chemistry that they had was just so instant. When they were sitting around rolling it, like, and there were, you know, uh, was it Mike that was the dungeon master? Yeah, he obviously and, um, yeah, and uh, and uh, just thinking, like, these kids, they just, I don't, you know, it's great when you like don't feel like there's a camera in the room. I know logically that there is, but they yeah. just feel like a bunch of guys that know each other. Now, I, I have no idea what their backgrounds are, but I'm sure these guys did not know each other a wet week. Yeah. You know what I mean? They weren't from what, probably two, three hundred, if not a thousand miles away from each other. And there they were. And they all felt right. Every single the cast one of them. them so perfect in the show. So perfectly. So perfect. And like, and the way uh, episode one, like, as you said, like, you get the introduction to all those dudes and uh, and how their chemistry is so fucking natural to one another. And then you, the way it builds to Will's disappearance and how the show kind of sets off after that is just, man, it's, the way it takes off after episode one in season one is, is fucking perfect. And it builds up to the episode of the body where they have a fake body in the water and you think Will is dead and stuff like that. And then they're all like the 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 conflict within the in the group when Eleven comes into it is so well done, and her finally achieving acceptance with Lucas and all that when they start appreciating that she's actually a good person that's in a bad circumstance and shit like that, man. Lucas being the hardest one to convince. Yeah, because you yeah, know, yeah. and in the same way, Mike with um with Maxine in season two. Yeah, as well, just like, a slightly yeah. distrusting something about this is not adding up nature. Yeah, it's just and they don't like outsiders and the fact as well that she hit Will or she attacked Lucas to protect Mike in the kind of scrapyard member. She kind of yeah. used her powers and she hurt him. Like so I remember like the friends don't hit each other and shit like that. So whoever draws first blood is now has to apologize to the other that one. That was it, so that was the like, rule of thumb. Yeah, so like you know, I like I just think the development of the group because it could have so easily been some generic little group, like and everyone would say, Oh, it's just a rip-off of this or this or this. But they became their own little thing, like you know, it's like of course they're going to be compared to the Goonies or the Losers Club or anything like that. But like they're undeniably their own thing, and like they are. Like and uh, like I could not imagine anyone. Caleb McLaughlin plays Lucas perfectly, like you know what I mean. And yeah, hold on, I don't know these kids' names. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, uh, Billy uh, Bobby yeah. Brown kind of became a megastar. Yeah, megastar onto herself. She's in like. Yeah. Um, Godzilla. Uh, sorry, Godzilla, thank you, and things like that. And she's obviously going to go on to have a very incredible career, but I didn't know the other kids' names, but they are accepted. They, 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 they oh man, they Dustin, just... man, that little dude, Dustin Gaten Matiz- Matizaro, I think his name is, yeah, yeah. Oh man, that little dude, man, I could he's not very imagine. funny in interviews where he's like, even in the in the, even in the show, he's got like, uh, I. 
I, it's collarbones I don't have, not eyes. Yeah. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Sure, like that, dude, that I'm going to just... punch you so hard your tear going to fall out again. Oh, <laughs> too far. Too far. <laughs> yeah, no, no, there was. But like, I mean, I always, you know, in a, in a, I love some of the humor in this. And this is my, I've kind of gone into something a little bit off topic, but this is kind of my feeling on the whole people being offended by jokes kind of thing. I always think like, again, I always go back to Rick Mayo because he's my favorite comedy actor is what if you're willing to be the butt of the joke all of the time and then you're not the butt of the joke just one time just make some fun of somebody else i think you should be allowed to i think when yeah. you show that there's no badness in you and you're also it's not coming from a bad place and also that you're also not afraid to be the butt of the joke you're not always punching down um and and this this show did that really great like they, they, they made fun of each other and sometimes it was a little bit that wasn't cool but but there were good characters yeah. who were just I spoke in anger or, or were just making fun of each other and letting stuff slide that they, they bantered each other and that's so hard to get right yeah especially love, when the world is ending i mean it, it balances itself really well i love the way they incorporate uh, uh getting matazaro's um uh like his real uh medical condition into dustin as a character oh yeah they, they didn't try to ignore it like you know what i mean like it's like when he's trying to get you to vent like oh you won't fit through there and he's like remember no collarbones <laughs> you know what i mean like so it's just cool though because like it gives this kind of weird symbiosis between the guy who plays him and the character he plays and like they're oh, yeah, almost 100%. Indis- they're almost indistinguishable from each other. Like you know what I mean. Like uh, like I could, as I said, I couldn't imagine uh, anyone but Kate, uh, McLaughlin playing Lucas. I couldn't imagine anyone but Kate Matazaro playing uh, Dustin. I couldn't imagine anyone like the Mul- Finn Wolfhard playing Mike. They're really not now. Have, yeah. Oh hell no! That they're ship re- has sailed. Like they really imagine changing Hopper. Imagine yeah, changing Hopper. David Harbour man is Jim Hopper is fucking amazing. He's such a like a, tor- a tortured character for the first two seasons, especially. Man, like when he's trying to get over the death of his daughter and, and and then trying to figure out how to be a father again with Elle in season two. Man, his character arc's incredible. It's a real redemption because he's pretty much, he's lost the will to live in a lot of ways at the start of season one. He's just like sleeping with whoever. He's just drunk all the time. He's living in a trailer. I know, always call it just Yeah, not and he just being... hates himself. Like, so all I was saying. <laughs> Technical difficulties. Professional, professional nailed it. Didn't even, it didn't even notice. It was seamless. Think anyone will know? No, it was like a, like a pit, like a pit stop. It was seamless. Yeah, you know, like even though, like I noticed it, like I, you just like respect yeah. how like smooth it was. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. It was just great. like seamless. Oh, it's got, it's got, it's got, yeah, it's got, it's got. I just, like, I need to learn how to edit video. I think. <laughs> <laughs> but um. Yeah, so like, uh, like the development of all those the, the gang and the relationship with L and stuff like that is obviously the backbone of the show, and that's how it develops. Like with, with season one and the whole thing with L trying to discover how powerful she is and how to actually control her abilities, and then when you go into season two and you see her kind of reaching that uh, new level, this next level of potential when she closes the gate, that's an incredible scene, man. Like, it's like, like the development of every character um, throughout the seasons has been well worth the weight and like like pretty much the journey as well has been amazing to watch like because it just just shows you though if you give characters time like netflix needs to stop canceling some of these shows because like nobody could have predicted how stranger things has developed from season one to two to three and on to season four which is one of the, the biggest tv probably events of all time now like you know what i mean well i actually don't know like you're always a person who knows um the metrics of things and the who and what of things. I always defer to your expertise on, oh, this guy actually has the same 
scriptwriter is such and such a show but but stranger things is a phenomenon you do not need to be the guy who knows a lot about the the ifs ands and buts and behind the cameras of stuff stranger things is a cultural shift it's that big mm. and to actually and i i and and just to jump to the to last season i i'm not speaking for you i'm not speaking for anyone except myself um thought you know what they did this like three seasons and they saved the world twice and they sort of saved the town three times because the town is a part of the world and um i thought the fourth season they're like adults like grown-ass people who are thinking of their futures and stuff like that and um it's not going to work i felt like they they, they were going to drill into the the magic and try and tap it for everything it's worth and it's a dry mine and two bitch slap me as well as they have i just take the loss with joy and just move on i cannot believe how well structured that last season was i just can't mm. believe they tied it together as well as it even i was even annoyed when hopper survived and don't get me wrong i love hopper i hate the way they showed it in the trailer though yeah i know yeah like, what the fuck? But when hopper survived i was like you know don't do the don't do the thing don't like i i, I tell you what i'm going to try and I, maybe i'm going to forget this but going forward i might just call it the gene gray effect I've been a big comic buff. Jean Grey has been dead, dead, dead. And now a past version of Jean Grey that isn't dead has been brought into the present. Mm. So that's Yeah, but so that just stops meaning anything. So I was thinking like Hopper should be dead. As horrible as that is, it just gives gravity and brevity. Thank you for correcting me last time. But um, uh, I really do. Next time. <laughs> but uh, the, but uh, <laughs> But at the same time, I really thought, like, don't fuck around with it. Like, do it or don't do it. And But then the actual Russia storyline was excellent. It introduced us to Yuri. It introduced us to, uh, sorry, I can't think of the prison guard's name. Enzo. Enzo, thank you. Off the top of my head, it gave Winona Ryder a really, a really strong arc. And then to, to have one team 2,000 miles away, have another team in Russia, and have one team um, there in Hawkins and have them all connect. Like, I always think Guy Ritchie's the director I go to, you know, like when he kind of like has these intertwining stories that all come to a head in a way that can feel very fluid. Um, This actually did that. Everything came to a head in a way that felt very fluid. And I was just like, I'll never doubt you again, Stranger Things. You are an incredible show. I am so sorry I doubt you because I loved that last season. Oh man, I've, I've loved it all the way through. A lot of people complain about season two in particular, like, you know what I mean? And in uh, episode seven. Maybe it's not the strongest season. Demogorgon Demi down to Demodogs. Awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, Dem- yeah, Demodogs are pretty much just uh, immature, not, not fully grown Demogorgons. That's what they are, like, you know, so. Is that officially what they are? Or is yeah, that your opinion? No, that is what they are. They're As in, like, at a certain point, they might learn to walk upright and pretty become sure, like, stronger and things or not. Yeah, sorry. I was just wondering if they were just literally... We've evolved the way we've evolved on this planet. They've evolved the way they've evolved, but they are yeah, not no, the same thing. I didn't know. I genuinely yeah, I'm don't pretty know. sure Demodog is just uh, 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 like an infant Demogorgon. I'm right, pretty fair sure. Enough, yeah, yeah, yeah no, I don't, I don't have any better information. Because that was the whole issue they had in season two was they were talking about how uh, nu- uh, Nugget, uh, no, not Nugget, sorry, D'Artagnan was going to 
grow into be a demigorgon. That was the whole problem they had with him. Why they said they couldn't keep him around. Oh yes, you know what I mean. Like yes, said, like, yes. No fair point. Yeah, no, that does make absolute sense. Yeah. Um. But they killed. They killed Sam. They killed Sam. There's no way back, Miss Frodo. So uh, Bob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he got a good death. I, I love Bob's character. You know what? Show. Every now and again, you like the deaths are some deaths are quite Billy in the third season. Alexi like some of the deaths, yeah, well. uh, yeah. And uh, there was a brutal death. I'm not going to say her name again because I fucked it up the first time. It's not Barb. Uh, yeah, Barb. then you had Bob, and then you had <gasps> they're all bees. Yeah, <laughs> Barb, Bob, and Billy. Yeah, what about Alexi? Shut up, Eddie. Shut up. <laughs> Just let me have my little moment. Jesus fucking Christ. Like. No. <laughs> Did you see Eddie playing Master of Puppets? In... Oh, it was incredible. In the Upside Down. Oh. Man, like the way they've developed uh, the Upside Down is amazing. Like the lore behind this show, like like the Demigorgon, the Demidog, and the Mind Flayer, and now Vecna. Like, like the fucking bad guys and the way they're all based in and around the D&D lore. It's just so fucking well done, like you know, and they give it their own spin. Like, what what's been your favorite villain so far between those four I just mentioned? Are you talking about all of them between one and four? Yeah, Demidor, Demigorgon, Demidog, Mind Flare, and Vecna. Vecna had personality. Yeah, and because um, he was there, and that's not necessarily always a good thing or a bad thing. There is, mm. I, I've always said this to you. Like, God, if 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 somebody for some bizarre, you know, sadistic reason has listened to everything I've said. Um, would know that I always say I love, I fear more the mindless, the, the Michael Myers or the, 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 that that seems to kill you because, because you're in, it's like an insect crushing a smaller insect. So little talk goes into it. You're just simply in its way mm. or you're just simply a food source. That's so scary to me. You're a food source. <laughs> yeah. But I always think like the mind flare, you know, like it didn't have this like personality, but it was just this being like this force of nature. And Vecna kind of, they boiled it down. They gave all that power, but they actually gave it, purpose is not the word I want to lean into, but um, but at the same time, it a self, well, it's purpose, whether yeah. it be good or bad. And um, you have to give it to him by a tiny margin. But I have to say that the first time I seen the Demogorgon, it was just this creature unleashed that was just beyond any ever understanding and it didn't care if it was tanks or something like that you literally needed the one thing that hell was and nobody else was to take it down like mm. simple as it didn't like fire so maybe you'd be able to burn it to death but it can move faster than a car it can jump higher than uh, you know it, it's just it's just a super creature and uh, i thought it was so fucking scary apex predator. an apex predator thank you that's an excellent mm. way of putting it and uh i thought it was the way it's its whole design and I just loved it the first time I saw it. And as much as I love Vecna, again, it's the rule of firsts. Yeah. Uh, we Again, uh, you know, I mean, you always go back to show things like a quiet place or we go back to something else where we're kind of going, yeah, no, it, it wasn't bad the second time out, but it, but we knew. Yeah, I love the second place. Oh, no, so do I. But it no, wasn't it as good. Like I'd say, yeah, no, I'm just uh, shitting on the second quiet place. Like Welcome bad. to this week's episode of Quiet Place. <laughs> No, but yeah, I my for me, I think uh, Vecna has to be the best villain, like because the the Demogorgon, where you have this uh, kind of uh, it's like a 
it's almost like a xenomorphic in nature the like it, it, it hunts and kills and it just hunts and kills there's no real interaction um uh, in season two the demi dog was almost like they did pretty much what they did with alien and aliens we just have we have more you know what i mean and um what they did then with the mind flare was kind of like this kind of uh, body snatcher type idea where he's going in and controlling the the town and uh, infecting people and shit like that and that was a cool new spin but the thing you have with Vecna even though Billy interacted through, or the Mind Flayer interacted through Billy or sorry or, yeah, in season 3 um, but the thing you had with Vecna was you had these great moments of him actually talking to his victims and like you know what I mean he's like Mars. you know what I mean it's like what are you doing in here or like you know, and like the the scene with Chrissy, and the the very first time you see someone getting killed, like um by Vecna is next level, man. When she gets and starts levitating, and her arms and shit start breaking, and her eyes explode on the back of her fucking head, like it just, it's one of the best intros that any of the villains I think have had, and that includes the Demigorgon, the original time we see the Demigorgon chasing Will, um before he goes into the Upside Down, that I just think that like. Of all and for me, and uh, Vecna had the most interaction, I think, and obviously because he's the only one that really had dialogue, except for the mind flare talk with Drew Billy in season three. That I think he's definitely the best villain, and the villains in a lot of ways have improved in every season, except for season two. The Demigorgon, I prefer over the Demi Dog, but um, because yeah, the Demi Dog felt like uh, piranhas versus a shark, you know, that kind of way, yeah, it's where, just like, like you, they, it's they like had the strength aliens. numbers kind of things, aliens and alien, where it's like, okay, let's just, yeah, have but aliens more. and aliens were all the same thing, you know what I mean? Like, um, it, it was, um, but well, a demigorgon is a demi, demi dog is a demigorgon, yeah, but I'm just saying it's more powerful or whatever way you want to put it, you know, well, demi dog um, is more powerful, there was just more of them. no, but there was more of them, yeah, that's what I mean, like a strength in numbers kind of thing, you know, for me, I, I was thinking of the, the fourth season. Um, I got to be one of these people where me and uh, my partner, Sheet actually are Kate Bush fans. So we got to be those wankery people who were like, you were only hearing Kate Bush now. And that that, that gave me power. Yeah. That made me better than everyone else. Doubtful. I, I, no, yeah, no, I went online and I seen some of what people were saying. And the fact that I know and like Kate Bush music before everyone else did, um, from what I've observed and read it, actually confirms that I am better than everyone else <laughs> but that was nice yeah i never heard that song until dear billy episode four season four man it's so fucking good man i've listened it's to a great too. song and it's... I, i've listened to it dozens of times since like no doubt about it man like, oh yeah like, it's not, of times uh, she, and she but she is but she's you know like it's it's a, she's she's a wonderful art it's kind of thing where you hear the money she's making now and yeah i couldn't be happier because she actually Sorry, I was trying, you know, the joke being that I'm I'm better than everybody else because that is literally the vibe that people are going with. Like, oh, you're you only hearing about the joke. joke. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Dude, but at the same time, I'm delighted that she is getting all of the recognition that she's she made deserves. $1.9 million or something so far. Good. So, yeah. She wants all the recognition. Yeah, because she wrote it and produced it. Mm. She's 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 a wonderful songwriter, and she's odd. She said, "You know, I always loved that about her. She was, you know, when you hear like the the song when it goes, ding, ding, do you feel the way I feel?" And it's it's very off, like it's very, I know it's meandering. It feels, but it actually it actually makes sense on the whole. It's so beautiful, like, but only she seemed to be able to write music like that, and it was just great to see her get this recognition. So many years, um, I think I think it was nineteen eighty five or something. Uh, that running up the hill came out and to see her get on all this recognition like 35, 6, 7 years later is just incredible I think it's my favourite thing about the fourth season 
Yeah. I just, just just a bit of love for some of the great artists of the past. And I think that's one of the great things of, of this. I really do. Well, man, the soundtrack for all seasons, even like he touches upon the team tunes, incredible, but like the soundtrack, the way they set every scene up and the way they uh like I don't know add to every scene or fucking like they, they all are in, enhance every scene is the word I'm looking for is that like they they're, they're they're very good at using the soundtrack to enhance the scenes in the right moments they don't just throw music in there willy-nilly everything is kind of like seamlessly put in there and like and more so in season four maybe than any other that they really played with the music and how they incorporated into their narrative and how the fact that music kind of you know the, the way it interacts with your brain and your mind it was like, a really yeah yeah, yeah against and it does and i always think like again the way um uh, you know like you know yeah, I've, we've talked a tiny bit about it in the past about like me i suffer from um panic disorder so i have panic attacks quite regularly but sometimes when i'm when i when i'm listening to a song and i'm loving it but the tempo is just too much it's just like it's just too fast or it's too off yeah and i and it starts i start to make me feel like my heart is doing that as well but then mm. i throw on something like that and it winds me down and nothing's changed but a tempo or nothing's changed but a but a, a style of singing and it takes me to a completely different place because that is actually how the mind works. The mind is such an interesting thing. And I love the fact that they tapped into that and actually like as silly because of course, as supernatural as it is, um, they still um, tapped into something that's very real. Whereas our fears are in one place. Anxiety only exists in one hemisphere in the brain and, and our creativeness exists in another things and the things we love exist. And they tapped into that. And I thought that was so fucking cool. I thought that was so well executed. And I thought that, oh man, I thought the fact that they had Robert England in the last season as well. Uh, yeah, Victor Creel. What a brilliant, what a br- And then they referenced Freddy Krueger later. Did you see that? Yeah, man. Like to have Robert England be a guy that's tormented by his dreams pretty much, which oh. is fucking genius. No, that's, that's, that's the Uno reverse card right there, my friend. Yeah, yeah, man, it was so well done. Like, like, like the the whole development of the the lore now behind this with the upside down, like the way they've brought us, like, pretty much we had the soldiers with the demigod and the demigod and the demidog, and then now we've seen the the mind flare is coming in. It's like he's kind of got his fingers and all the pies, but now like is Vecna? Did Vecna create the mind flare in that scene? Yes, or he he did create the mind flare, didn't he? When he yes. walked through. That scene, he's just looking up at the sky, and then all of a sudden, like the mind flare. Based on the spiders, it was like a very, almost like a. I know, actually, I was about to say almost like, and something popped in my head, exactly like a child might draw a spider. Yeah, because uh, you've seen him as an actual child, and and then just before that, you've seen him reaching below the the uh, floorboard, the black taking, windows, and taking the black windows up. Um, and it was the mind flare is just something like with legs made of tornadoes. I mean, it's 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 quite a concept. And uh, and that it was all him. Ah, mm. oh. man! Yeah, he, the the see the see the, the way they built like up like um, the different villains throughout the seasons. But like, um, what do you make of the development as L? Because like this show is not without L or Jane, if you want to call her Jane by her real name. But like the, this this the show is not without her. And like, how do you think she's developed throughout the seasons? Like we already spoke about how Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah, I, 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 I thought like yeah, exactly. I thought she literally. She started out as kind of a blank slate because her memory, she had very little memory of her past and she was already so young. You already said. Uh, and then she met the guys and um, 
she was learning a little bit. Like, remember when she was walking out with the, I can't remember what her favorite dessert thing was, these eggos. eggos. Yeah. Mm. And she calls the guy a mouth breather. Um, she's mm-hmm. learning very much so, like, um, almost like E.T. did, man. Like, she's such a, yeah, she you know what so I mean? Like, like she's, bad, like, she's so alien, kind of, to everything mm-hmm. that's going on around her. And then it's always great when she meets um, Max, and then she finally has Sadie a girl. Sink. Yeah, Sadie Sink, play, an excellent, excellent character, excellently executed. And she was just like, enough of the boys. And then she kind of gets to go and do, like, kind of girl stuff she just gets to go shop she gets to look for like clothes or just kind of for her she gets to the she's uh, that character max kind of gave her her own personality like what do you want what do you want to do and they developed her so strongly they turned her in from a blank slate to like something that they didn't try and lead her to war on it mm-hmm. too much they tried to make her choose her own way and i taught millie's um actual acting performances on building up to like somebody who starts the joke as opposed mm-hmm. to like maybe likes the joke or doesn't get the joke um yeah. was was excellent you know and but even in the fourth season she was still a little bit off because of course she would be yeah uh, but and but she lost kind her support of, structure as well like and she know. lost her support structure except for will who was going through his own stuff um he loves a good cry he does yeah yeah that was was a good a, cry. yeah he's a sensitive old soul yeah um yeah, well, I think I, I, one of my favorite things about the the first three seasons is the running team of Steve can take a beating like nobody else. Steve Harrington can take a beating like none other. <laughs> like, oh my god, like, <laughs> he's so fucking good at taking a beating. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, he's got my new favorite chat up line. Sure would like to impregnate you six times. Uh, yeah, and if that doesn't work, nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah. Sure would like to impregnate you six times and maybe go to a beach or something. Uh, smooth. <laughs> yeah, and, and if that doesn't do it, then I give up. Um, what What do you think of um, the growth as well of Max? Like, because I thought like she she could have been a secondary character completely um, after season two, but like the way she's built to be one of the integral parts of the, the show, like the city sink has developed great as an actor as well. We've seen her in um, Fear Street in nineteen eighty four. Did you say whale? Yeah, she's in Whale with Brendan Fraser. I've never I haven't seen that. I haven't seen it either, but she said uh, she's just said. <laughs> so something why did you bring Brendan... it up? I said we've seen because she was in her with Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser rocks. But we said we've seen her in. Oh, shut <laughs> up! I'm talking about her. This fucking guy. Don't be mean to me. I'm very yeah. sensitive. <laughs> uh, go cry, Will. <laughs> <laughs> fucking guy. But um, yeah, what did you? I, I think Max is fucking the, her development from season two. It's like this kind of like outsider. And then she helps Elle become more incorporated with her kind of like her kind of female kind of self or something. You know what I mean? She was like just she somebody who could be, be friends with. Like... She, she was also a girl of, of kind of the same age. And similar she problems. Same, She's an outsider. So, yeah, too. she was a bit of an outsider too. And But also she kind of had a bit of fight about her and she yeah. knew who she was yeah. uh, unapologetically. And she was kind of like trying to give that to, um, you know, how she was trying to give that to Elle. And I think... I remember like I thought I remember the first time I saw her and when it became clear that she wasn't just like a girl in the classroom or whatever, you know what I mean? Like a character who has a line that yeah. she was going to be. I think I thought, OK, maybe they're, they're going to try and wedge her in. Yeah, because the first season was so complete. Yeah. Um, But then she kind of like she didn't wedge herself in. She's she smooth. She came in so smooth. She grew. She, she grew. And I think that's great writing and great work mm. from the. The, the very, especially the very young actress at the time, she was just excellent. She's just, you can't, again, you can't picture it without her now, you know? 
Yeah, exactly. And like, uh, like we, we, we talked a lot about the kids, like, but um, the kind of the older of them is like Nancy, Jonathan, Steve, like they're kind of love triangle. It's kind of interesting as it's going on as well, because like Nancy's actually with your man to play Jonathan in real life. You know what I mean? So he's probably like, I get the girl. I get the girl. And it's like, but no, we had this idea with Steve. No, you motherfucker. I get the girl. We're moving you to California. You motherfuckers. Motherfuckers. What's his name? Charlie something? Is his real name? I have no idea. Um, but uh, like, I, I love the development of those three as well. Like, you know what I mean? Because as I said, like, they could be in secondary completely to the kids as it developed, but they always found a way of giving them their own individual storylines. And uh, like, and then they always find a way to have that kind of backtrack into the what the kids are doing, and like, um, and then they kind of incorporate and become one kind of big group as the show goes along. It's fucking really well done. Like, um, and then like you have Hop and and fucking uh, Joyce coming in, like, and they have their own story. And it's like when you get to the point after like uh, Billy gets killed in season three, and then we see season four, and you kind of have the the fallout from what happened with the Starcourt Mall that like. Uh, that you get to see the real kind of uh, the the fucking uh, the ramifications of these events because they uh, like part one or season one and two they kind of get out a bit unscathed even though Bob dies that the main group kind of get a bit uh, out a bit unscathed but in season three like you know you have Hop goes to a gulag fucking Joyce uh, Eleven uh, Jonathan and Will they all move to I think they initially moved to Indiana or something and then they get moved to California or do they move straight to California? I'm not too sure, but they all move away and the group gets all fractured and shit like that. And mm. to see the way that picks up, because no matter what happened in season one and season two, the group pretty much remained together apart from Bob dying in season two. Yeah. So like, it was kind of like a uh, bittersweet endings, but in all in all, it was kind of happy endings because it could be much worse. But season three, we kind of see how they're kind of, they're finally out of depth a little bit. And also, also the integration of Erica as the season's gone on. Lucas's younger sister has been fucking brilliant. You can't spell America without Erica, but she, she's been fucking brilliant as well. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah no, no, yeah. she, yeah, she, she's been brilliant as well. I remember the family guy joke um, where they're all about to drown in the safe room. It's filling up with water. And he goes, oh, before, yeah. I, before I die, I need you all to know something. Did not care for the Godfather. Oh, yeah. And he, <laughs> It, what, what, what do you mean? It's like a perfect movie. It's like it, it, it insisted upon itself. And, it's, <laughs> and I remember that joke popping into my head when Erica came on the scene because she just she didn't need an introduction. She yeah. walked in and said, I'm here now. Yeah. I mean, she, she's incredible just, in season three. And she's, oh my again, God. she's so young as well. But yeah. she like she absolutely hit like a meteor. Now, yeah. again, I I, talk, I give huge credit to Sadie Sink. I think she's a fantastic actress. And also, again, writers, because you can only work with the script you're given. The Duffer Brothers. Yeah, no, no, fantastic writing. I really mean that, of course. Um, oh, God, my dog touched me. Oh, God, that freaked the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I, but at the same time, but Beckness she just arrived. Get and went, you, man. Yeah, I know. No, man, that, that creeped the fuck out of me. But uh, I, the same, she just arrived and went, yeah, I'm here now. And yeah. you were just like, okay, okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Just okay. I'm going to go in this bed, but I want free ice cream for life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Chips, uh, like, chips oh, Ahoy. Is a, chips oh, Ahoy. yeah. Chips Ahoy. Yeah. And I was like, I love this girl. 
already. Yeah, and another character that gets introduced in season three is Maya, uh, Maya Hawks Robin, man. She, she's fucking awesome. Like, as soon yes. as she comes into it as well, she's fitted seamlessly into the group as well. Like, yes. uh, like, and I love the way they, they built the group slowly but surely and to the point now where the group is big enough that you could actually have three completely different story. sorry, four completely different storylines in season four. And, like, it's, it's, it's it was awesome the way they played you. Like, you had the California crew, you had the Russia storyline, you had the storyline with L, and then you had the storyline in Hawkins, and like, and to have all the the group get so big that you can have these four storylines and to have such a long season, season four, and to have everyone get their just uh uh just desserts or what's the word for like the the pretty much the Jews to have everyone get their uh, good amount of screen time. Even though I feel like as the seasons have gone along, Mike and Will their roles have diminished incredibly. Because, like, if you look at Mike in season one, he's the main protagonist alongside L, And in season two, his role gets kind of diminished a little bit, too, because he's pretty much just looking at Will being unconscious for most of fighting out with the mind flare. Yes. And then in season three, it's even more so diminished as well a little bit. In season four, he's almost non-existent. And like, he's like, oh, you're the heart of the group. Uh, yeah, but dude, I would have liked to be in some of the cool scenes. That's all I'm saying. So, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I just think that. Yeah, Absolutely. His at the at the start, his story was very intertwined with Eleven, and now she seems to have kind of gone her own way. And Hop is also it's it's kind of like the story is almost more focused on the relationship of the father and daughter with Hop and Eleven than it was when between Mike and Eleven, because that love interest is kind of taking a back burner to the kind of father daughter relationship. Because I think maybe they thought like David Harbour is a more seasoned actor, and maybe it's a bit more of a compelling part of the story or some shit. But I just think Mike, considering he was one of the central protagonists in season one, his role has diminished season on season as the show has gone on for me, which is a bit of a bummer because like Finn Wolfhard is a good little actor. Um, but like I love what well, I love the band the expansion in season four when we get to see like the the gulag and we get to see like the fucking the uh Vecna, we get to see like Eleven's past. Cause I, I can remember the start of season four, I turned around to Lorraine, and I was like, wait, did they ever show how Eleven got out of the facility? Like like, it's like are they ever actually shown that like it's like I know they found her their medical bracelet but did they ever actually show her escape and we were like no actually we, I don't think they did like and then they actually finally showed and you're like the payoff for that where you see the little kid that's playing her um, with mocap I think on her face and you see that scene where it's like Eleven what have you done or some shit like that like and um strong opening yeah man like and that's what I did like it does every season the end of episode one is always insane but like what did you make of uh, uh, with Chrissy like, I think Chrissy was actually how they ended episode one wasn't and Chrissy died but mm. what, what did you think of um, how season four kicked off like with the introduction I mean you could not you could not say it's weak could you you, could, you come in and it's uh, Eleven who we know had memory issues uh, from day one word one and then um, the doctor comes in. And I was wondering, like, it was a redemption Dr. arc. Owens. For, was, it, was it a redemption arc for Papa? Um, <laughs> um, but he comes in because he goes, what have you done? Because there's a bunch of dead kids around. And she turns around, she's covered in blood and, you know, all of that jazz. Yeah. And you're thinking, fuck. Now, to be fair, I didn't completely buy into it. Yeah. Because, you know, you know, you know, when they do that, like, false narrative where it's like, yes, and then we'll revisit it. It's probably going to be two or three episodes, but we're going to get back here, maybe yeah. four episodes. Um, But I remember just thinking, well, I mean, go big or go home. Yeah, I just they figured. Went big. I just figured it had to be something more than we, what we thought because there was more to meet the eye because it would have been too much 
for her to come back from as a character to have a mass murder of all these children. It's very hard to redeem that. Like I know they trade with Anakin Skywalker, but like it's it's very hard to come back from that in terms of like trying to uh, redeem that character. So I figured pretty much from the get-go that she that there was more to meet the eye with this scene that I don't think she'd killed all those people because I've seen Fringe enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Fringe are like, yeah, this is exactly how it is. Like, no, it's not. <laughs> but like they like they like to skew what you're thinking. So I just felt that it would have been too much for her to come back with uh, from as a character. So I yes. knew straight away that wasn't her. Like I was pretty like I was pretty on it. I figured out that um that what's his face? Uh Henry I figured out that he was one. I figured out that he was Vecna. I was fucking so happy. And in that realization, I was like, holy shit. I figured out he was one. I'm not sure I figured out he was Vecna. Oh, man. Uh, I but I figured out, out he was one fairly early. I, I had a blitz in about five minutes when we were watching one episode um, where I figured out. I was just like, holy shit. And I was like, what? And I was like, oh, I think I was like, I bet you he's one. And I bet you one ends up being Vecna. And I was like, oh, I bet you fucking 11 sent him into the upside down. <laughs> and I was, I was like, and she's like, no way. And then it all started like unfurling. Yeah, I, I, got, right. I got a few in this. I yeah. got a few little bumps, but yeah, not, not like that. I'm not going to lie. It was crazy. Right. It was all in the space of a few minutes. Like, it was crazy, man. I just don't know. Like, I was just watching something and something just dawned on me. That like I, I just seen the puzzles fall into place, like the puzzle pieces like that. It's very, very rarely when you see something like that that you you you, you call everything in the space of five minutes, and that's literally what happened. And I was so fucking happy it didn't ruin that for me. I was just so happy that I actually got it right. And like that character arc where the way to develop one in his relationship with Eleven, now she's being bullied, and and then he has an inhibitor. And like I think actually that's what it was. It was the inhibitor. As soon as I saw the inhibitor, I was like, holy shit. Um, yeah, no, when he started killing everyone, I knew he was back now. Uh, well, I didn't get there. I didn't get there before there, to no, be fair. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was like the inhibitor, but it was like it was in it. It was that episode, but I can't because I can't remember if he showed the inhibitor before the tattoo, but it was in that episode where I'd realized that he was one, he was Vecna, and, and like 11 had obviously sent him to the upside down. That's how I figured out that, like, you know, that that scene where we thought she'd kill everyone, that obviously he was about to do it and shit. It's like anybody that has an inhibitor chip in them, don't take it out, people. Somebody put that inhibitor in them for a reason. So I'm going to say nine times out of 10, somebody that has an inhibitor chip or some sort of device in them ends up being a villain. Oh, nine yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like can't be evil because they are just somewhat stopped from being evil and yeah. nothing more. You know what I mean? Like, so I just, it was crazy because, like, um, and Eleven says it to Papa as well. Like, like, why did you have him there with us? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was more like a power trip for Papa. It wasn't it pretty much like Matthew Modine's character that I think that was the only reason he had him there. It was like it's his power trip. Like, you know, it's like I can I you, think you know, Papa's like, you could, death was handled uh, really you well. Lost your audio, no. You're fucking nailing it tonight, dude. Well, I'm right here. No, lost you, dude. You're it took your headphones back in and came up the false speaker change. I'm you back right, right here. Yeah, I can hear you. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I thought Papa's, I like the fact that it wasn't a redemption arc. I was so frustrated that they were going to, after three seasons, him yeah. being dead and him appearing in the second and third season, kind of in like, you know, uh, little kind of memory lane moments um, that a monster like him would get a redemption arc. Yeah. And I'm so glad they didn't give it to him. And he didn't get a glorious death either. He got shot just by some sniper dude. Just like. tell me, tell me you understand. Please tell me. And she just says goodbye. 
Yeah. And she leaves him. She doesn't even hold his hand. Doesn't even stay with him as he dies. Which yeah. isn't a terrible lot to ask. Yeah. Of anyone you have any amount of affection for. Um, he stole her life from her though, like you know. Oh yeah, yeah, fuck him. Yeah, you know, like you fuck, fuck him. It was dude. always about him. It was always about him. Yeah, about his control, about him oh, like yeah, yeah. being empowered vicariously through these these talented children or these gifted kids or whatever. It was like that weird kind of thing, like you know, that like through their power that he was obtaining some sort of extra level of power or some shit like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like the relationship between Elle and uh, Papa throughout the seasons is fucking incredible as well, man. Like like the whole secret governing or organizations. Like one thing that really annoyed me in season four was do you remember the part where um <clears throat> excuse me where Jonathan and all their them are like ordering the pizza because they want to escape and then people come to the door and start killing the agents and and one agent really 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 fights for them yeah and he dies in the bury him in the desert and get over it very fucking quickly yeah but like why you think that was really annoying about that part was why were they all dressed in army soldier uniforms yeah oh actually, here's I'm... a secret uh like operation we're doing here everybody wear your military standard uniforms not like flowers by irene yeah kind of, like, yeah yeah it would have been better if they all just were in this tactical uniforms or some shit like like they're all literally wearing their military uniform that part really fucking annoyed me i'm like you're literally attacking people in a suburb in the middle of uh, was it lenora california and you're attacking all these people in a fucking suburb and you're all wearing your military standard issue fucking uniforms cool Okay. Yeah. Okay. This will never get. I know it's before social media, but it's not exactly subtle. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like there's going to be witnesses, and they're like, "Who are the gunners?" Uh, I don't know. They're wearing army uniforms. You know what I mean? It's fucking <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude! I don't know what you want from me, dude. Just hit the pause button. <laughs> So what do you think of the introduction of like the Hellfire Club and Eddie and all this shit in this season? Like, Because he was pretty much the one of the main characters in season four because with uh, Chrissy's murder and him being on the run and all that fucking shit. Dude, looks like you're just, you're rubbing on your dog, but it looks like you're just scratching thin air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Do you remember we're doing this on video? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I rubbed my dog. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! This people weird. love dogs. You can't well see him. Should. It just looks weird. It looks like you're scratching thin air. It looks okay. like you're scratching trying to scratch. Uh, there, there, yeah. it looks like you're trying to scratch Nancy's head. <laughs> Why is like my arm right up to the point that's dog? She's she's white. My <laughs> so dog same. is the exact color of green screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you got one of them green screen retrievers. I see. <laughs> <laughs> but, but um, what did you think of the the, the major arc in the uh, in season in season four and how they framed it as like a serial killer case and all this? Because I love when they kind of do this kind of thing. Oh yeah, I mean it was brilliant. Also, I thought Eddie, his introduction. I was thinking he's coming on a bit strong. He's obviously going to be like you know a, 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 a candle that burns at both ends character yeah. that kind of like sets something up and is then gone. But then they nuanced them, and he's such a great actor. And they dragged him out. You know, he's talking about how he ran when Chrissy was taken by Vecna. And yeah. um, I do, I do uh, what I seemingly do now. I ran. That's what he says. Yeah, you know. And 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 then there was just he was such a well explored character. He really, really was. And he and I, I again, you work with the writing you're given, and full credit to that. But what an actor! What an incredible actor! Yeah, like, really, really, really did take it and make it his own. 
Yeah, man, like that scene, Master Puppets, as you touched on earlier, man. And it was also, I, I follow Iron Maiden on uh, on Facebook, and they had it, because he was like, uh, sorry, who was it at the time? It was one of the characters was floating, and uh, they were trying to find music. It was like, well, have you got anything like Barbara Bush, uh, sorry, Kate Bush, or anything like that? And he was like, this is music. And yeah, he had uh, yeah, yeah. Iron Maiden's first album, Killers. And he's yeah. holding the tape of it, and Iron Maiden were like, "We agree, like yeah. what an amazing, <laughs> you know, what amazing press for an album that they released, I think, in 1981." Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, what amazing press for this thing to get like 41 years later? Oh know? man, like, I'll take like, it. As I said to you earlier, though, the way music is fucking used in season four, like it's just completely incorporated into the storyline. Like, you know what I mean? It always like, reflects the character. Man, the scene with Max um, loved Kate Bush. The Eddie scene with her, man, when she's running up the hill, when she's trying to escape from Vecna, like that, that fucking scene is iconic. Like, like it's completely iconic. And you're like, how are they going to make it scene? They're never going to have another scene in this season that's equally as iconic. And then they have the master puppet scene with Eddie having the most fucking metal rock concert of all time in the Upside Down. Like, that is... Well, like, to have both those scenes in one season is fucking unbelievable, man. Like, like, like it, I think because of, like, the pandemic and stuff like that, that there was delays. So, uh, to me, it felt like season four was almost season four and season five combined. Like, to me, it was like, it was like season five to me should be called season six. This yeah, felt it like went it was, a long way. Yeah, Especially just, when they had such a complicated bad guy. When the bad guy was... um almost like um, a final destination bag, like a force that exists yeah. somewhere that's coming to take over you. It's yeah. not like the demagogue and the demagogues and the mind player. It never felt particularly personal. Yeah. It just simply was this force of nature that's been unleashed and it, it will consume everything because yeah. that's what it does. Yeah. That's what it is. No more than a meteor hitting the earth. Um, you know, you do everything you can to stop it, but the meteor isn't necessarily an antagonist. Uh, Beckner was the first pure antagonist. Yeah, and it could have gone a two season. It could have, mm. but they did like two seasons. The amount of airtime should they? Oh take? yeah, of course. Well, sure. What were these yeah, last two? The last two? Ep- the last episode was two two, two hours, hours twenty, 20 minutes. minutes. Every episode was over an hour long this season. Like Every that, like, that's you've sat for a two hour twenty two minute film, like you know, like a couple of the Avengers or whatever. What yeah. may it be? That's a long ass time to be in a in a in a cinema in a cinema. That's yeah. a long ass time. Um, so this was like, I mean, I don't know what was it, eight episodes, nine episodes, I don't know, but it were long nine, ass episodes. Nine so episodes, the shortest episode was now uh, was an hour and three minutes long. Every well, episode was about an hour and fifteen, an hour and twenty, and then you had the season finale was two hours and twenty minutes long. Like, right, like I've never like it was a complete ev- ev- event. It's like when we talked about Fear Street last year. It was like uh, anyone can say what everyone about Fear Street is like. When I watched Fear Street, that felt like an event, a new movie coming out every Friday of a trilogy that never happened before. A trilogy released in three weeks like that, it felt like an event. And when I went back to rewatch it for the episode of the podcast, it felt like an event again. I was really excited to watch it all, and. Stranger Things season four, I think, is unmatched in terms of TV event. Like, I don't think Game of Thrones can touch it because no TV show has ever put this amount of screen time together in one season. Like, in terms of like nine episodes, you pretty much have nine, like almost nine feature length movies. Like, nearly every episode is in and around ninety minutes long, except for one movie or one episode. And like to have that, and then to finish it off in a two and a half hour long finale, and then to have it like. The, the, to never feel like there's a lull in the story that because you've got four different storylines and the way they shift the focus from one story to the other is so seamless and even though some storylines like Mike's and the California crew are kind of like in the back burner until L kind of gets reincorporated with them and then they kind of become a bit more pivotal to the storyline that 
the way they balance each story is very well, well done and it's a very hard thing to do. And the fact that they were given the trust and the faith by Netflix, the Duffer Brothers, to actually develop their story in the way they wanted to for this season. And I think, I really do believe in my heart that it's two seasons and one what we really got. Because yeah. I think this was two seasons of development that they were planning on, but because of COVID and because of the pandemic and because of the delays, that I think they said to Netflix, we have a story to tell here. And this is pretty much season four and five. And I think they're planning on six seasons, maybe. Um, but Netflix, Netflix gave them a chance to condense it, pretty much make nine movies and then release. Like, Because I think season five, I would not be surprised if season five were just throw all only an hour long. Like, I don't think we're going to see. I know it's going to be a shorter season. I read that much. Yeah. And I, I in my head, I thought a shorter season, Game of Thrones style, where it's shorter, but they're going to actually put the episodes themselves up 20 minutes, 15 minutes averages and try and get like a length of time where it's the same. Or um, hopefully they do like six, two hour episodes or something like that. I'd be happy enough. Yeah, because I don't give a shit uh, as long as I get enough of it. Yeah, as long you know as they wrap I mean? it up because... properly now, because they've done so much character development now in season four that there's probably not that much left in the story now. Because look, look to where our characters left off. They all joined up together, but Hawkins is pretty much like turned into a post-apocalyptic landscape, like you know what I mean, like a hellscape. So I don't think there's probably much more left in the story, because like how much hours of screen time did we get? We probably got nearly almost twenty hours of screen time in season. In season fucking, I'd say it's four. just under, but I wouldn't say it's terribly under. To be fair, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, so I because I watched like episode five, six, seven, eight, and nine yesterday, and we watched it from like six o'clock in the evening to like three o'clock in the morning or something shit like that. Like, you know, well, what if I mean? you, yeah, 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 you know, like, and that's obviously allowing breaks in between getting food and shit like that. But like, like I just think that to put these kind of movies together it's pretty much what they are like nine movies and i just think with the amount of development that's been covered in this season that maybe season five can be shorter hopefully it's not just five one hour episodes and they kind of just try and rush to the finish i hope it's not that i hope to do what they did now with season four that take their time develop the story out even though i don't think there is a shit ton of storytelling left to tell because of where they left off in season four because that's why, to me, that's why it feels like two seasons. Because look at the jump from season three to the end of season four. It's gigantic. Like, you know what I mean? It's just a huge jump in the narrative because of all the screen time they were given. That it feels like it's almost like two seasons worth of character development. So I can understand why season five might be a bit shorter. But like, like one thing I loved about season four in particular was how they incorporated the new characters. And all of them were like, like Argyle. We talked about Eddie. You know what I mean? Like, and um, that fucking douchebag that's hunting down Eddie and shit like that, and Lucas' storyline as well. So, there, actually, for a while, there was like five different storylines if you want to count Lucas separate, but like, like I would was... call Will's, Will's, um, and I, I don't want to deflect here, and I certainly don't want to be insensitive, but I do apologize if I am because I, uh, oh, Jesus like, Christ. jokes aside, I, I, but they were talking, but Will's thing was Will's, Will's story from coming teased, out. About coming out, the tease we never really got to, and at the same time, I suppose I wouldn't, I couldn't possibly be sensitive enough to what it must have been like coming from a small town in America in the air eighties and kind of coming to terms with your sexuality. That it's actually an extremely painful process. It's even Robin, like she, she's having a hard time. Yeah, and she's having a really hard time. Um, but it did like when they actually, it's not. I don't have a problem that they did the the, the story arc whatsoever. I, it's that um. It, it was just wedged in. I felt at these odd times. I thought the painting was fucking stupid. It was such a big anticlimax after they're like holding on to it for so long. Yeah, you know, I, I actually thought it would be L more. commissioned it. 
oh, commissioned it, it, yeah. For ages, they made it seem like it was Will's gift to him. Like, it was like his expression of love to Mike or some shit. Yeah, and yeah, And then after yeah. that, it was kind of like, oh, no, Elle commissioned it. She told me exactly what to draw. Like, exactly I, what to draw. Yeah. I always think, like, you have to be care- careful just to... Just, just in life to like not say like, oh, I understand what this must be like, especially when it's something you can just take one step back from and saying you don't know dick about dick, yeah, and just shut the fuck up. And I, I really, I really do, and that's not what I'm trying to do, but I, I just thought like Will's, um, like Will developing into his uh, sexuality, I, I wish it was uh, more like Maya Hawke's um, angle where it was her telling somebody, and then we could and then we're in on it, and we could just see that kind of the difficulty that she faced i thought hers was like really really smooth hard pretty hard but, but never took goes. away but never took away from the fact that she had this really huge role in what was actually happening like yeah. she was in the upside down she went up and she threw the last molotov cocktail at Beckner. yeah i thought will actually got a little bit um uh uh shortchanged in that aspect where, um, the, I just the, think though, like if you look at Will, like he's obviously introvert to begin with, full full stop in season fair. one, and the trauma he suffered has made him go become more introverted, and he's taken away from his support system, and then that's making him become more introverted again, and now he has to deal with he's changing like now he's changing sexuality by him coming to terms with his sexuality. That like to have all that thing, like I think it makes perfect sense to have him a hold it because that's what he does to all, all these things. And like he, he is an introverted person in the first place. And the fact is that he's a, like it's it's harder times because Robin and Steve uh, uh meshed very quickly, so she believes she could confide in him, and she was out of it as well. She was on drugs when she confided in him, like she was on ecstasy or something, wasn't she? Or truth serum yeah. or something, some shit like that. Yeah. yeah, you know, in season three, so like you know, me her inhibitions were down, so like uh, so she was more relaxed and saying it. But being someone like Will's character, it makes perfect sense. It took Jonathan to say it to him, "I love you for who you are. Doesn't matter who you are." pretty much like I'm always going to be there for you we should talk more that's him pretty much saying to him you can confide in me when he says and you're my brother and absolutely nothing yeah exactly yeah and I I miss the way we used to talk and pretty much because he's looking at Will and he's thinking shit my brother needs something to confide in but he also had the self-awareness as in as in I know it's I know it's on me like I know I I've had my own thing and you know exactly with Nancy and shit like being away from her with Nancy and stuff but he so it's not like I'm not having a pop at you. It's just, yeah. I, uh, just if I haven't been, I'm sorry, and I'm trying to be. Yeah. And it was a really, really beautiful scene, and I actually thought it was the best scene for Will, the character, because Will was so Will was taken into the upside down in season one. It was literally the whole season, despite Eleven showing up and being like literal, a literal superhero. It was still about Will because oh, was the whole season was about trying Will. to get Will back. Yeah. And then in the second and third season, his connection. To the to the upside down, which even which even uh, eleven didn't have, not to the degree that sensitivity to it. But the because nuance, the mind flare went inside of him, exactly, um, was really really interesting. And then just this time, they they, they kind of made it about his personal life, which again I'm not going to rag on. I I, I I can only imagine it differently, and maybe a lot of people. Who grew up in that? He looks so old in season four, though, doesn't he? Oh, oh my god! You oh know what? my like, god! I mean, I, like I, when, I can... Jonathan hugs him, and I'm like, uh, Will looks about fifteen years older than Jonathan. <laughs> I am a hundred percent love is love guy. I've absolutely no problem with that. And I, but I'm sorry, 
if I cannot stand by the haircut. Oh man, why can't they give me a different haircut? Every I, other I kid has had a different haircut. I don't like, believe every look, kid I just, has had a different haircut. Like, if you want to have through. a haircut like that, I just wish you could just do it in your own neighborhood. <laughs> Keep it away from my family. <laughs> I just don't believe in I mean, he looked like little John or yeah, no, no, what's a what's a fryer, fryer tuck. tuck? Yeah, fryer tuck. Like my god, he's a good looking boy, like you know. Right, right. And that, that's just that's yeah, that fucking haircut, man. Jesus Christ. Like one thing that really annoyed me about season four is they look so much older in season three, and they're like, oh, it's, it's a year later. Is it though? Is it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's like three months later. It's like, Will has hey, stubble. Will. Yeah, <laughs> Will know? literally has stubble in season four. And they're like, they're men. Like, they're literally men. Like, I um, can believe uh, that. Millie Bobby Brown is 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 a woman. Like, she's, she's grown up. She's clearly not just a kid anymore. She did a brilliant job, though, I have to say. When she was in school in the early episodes, I love the way she was trying like to Joyce a... now because she used to dress like Hopper when she was a Hopper. Yeah, like yeah. That. But when she was in school and she was trying to do like a diorama kind of thing, yeah. and there was that mean girl. Um, but I actually thought, I actually, after seeing her, I was like, well, she's clearly grown up. Like, you know, I, you know, you can't, you can't put her in my head in, into the kid she was. But when she, the first just, going, dude. <laughs> just with the acting, though, she yeah. actually seemed so lost after Hopper's death. Yeah, with the with the diorama when she went into school, I just bought. She yeah. still actually was able to tap into that lost lost girl who who had a, a terribly abusive papa, whatever the fuck he is, yeah, and and an actual dad who would die on the cross for her. Literally did, and, and yeah, and she lost him. Yeah, and and that lostness that that de-aged her for me. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. that brought her back to this very. A vulnerable time that she must be in had, and I thought that was just great acting. I, I, I thought think it was handled really well. One thing Millie Bobby Brown does really well is act with her facial expressions in her eyes because she does, things, yeah. Because like, Eleven doesn't always get a lot of dialogue and scenes because yeah. of her kind of almost broken English that she still has, even though her grammar is getting better. She says the start of season four. Um, that like I I love that about her that like she's really good at like with facial expressions and her eyes and stuff like that and body language. She's really good at like conveying stuff and emotion. And um, I think that's one of her major strengths that she probably learned throughout the series because of uh, the character and it's probably helped her as an actor as well. But um, before we get the fuck out of here, um, what way do you think season five is going to go? Like we've seen like pretty much at the end of season four, we see Eddie's dead. We see Vecna's like kind of ran away though, and then by come back because he's got like one thing that really bugged me about season four is I think they should have killed Max because the gravitas of that scene was amazing. Like that whole scene where like Elle didn't save her, and then all of a sudden she kind of did save her, and like like that yeah. whole scene where Max uh, almost died was incredible. I think it would have been per- like perfect if they'd have killed her because that whole show the, she was such a, a strong backbone of the season, her trying to survive and her willing to put herself in situa- uh, situations and put herself in danger for the benefit of others. And it would have been such an amazing scene and it would have been great for Elle to try to have some sort of redemption later on in season five to kind of try to redeem the wrong she had where she didn't cut and save Max and stuff. So I think they probably should have killed off Max because it was an excellent opportunity to kill a, a character with high standing and it would have felt good. It would have felt weighty, would have felt necessary. And like it wouldn't have felt good in the way I said, but you know what I mean? It would have felt like she would have got her justice, uh, a justice like a good death. And um and that's like a lot of characters don't really get that in these shows would get like a really kind of like good death. And I just think like season five, man, uh, it, it is going to be shorter. So I, I'd say they're going to fucking probably wrap it. I hope they don't wrap it up too fast. But like, what do you think they're going to do? Do you think there's much more to this? Well, actually, that's the thing. If you would, I, in my head, as you were asking the question, I remember thinking like, 
if you're asking me a season ago, again, because I, I did touch upon it at the start that I thought maybe they would be bleeding it because as they become young adults and like how many times are they going to save the world and how many times are you going to touch upon it without it just feeling, you know, like, uh, you know, like, I mean, people our age, we could remember the time you said, uh, do I make you horny? And then you realize, oh my God, the joke's dead. And that was the cringiest yeah. thing I've ever said. Yeah, like, you don't know how it is. Baby. Yeah, or something. And you say it and you kind of go, oh my God, that's the cringiest thing mm. in the world. And you don't know how it happened. There was no build up to it. It's like, uh, what's up? We all, we, you know, I've done a was up or two in my time. And then you just say it. And all of a sudden you realize it's the cringiest thing you've ever done. And I, in my head, I thought Stranger Things, as good as it was, was reaching a critical mass because these kids were growing up. And they were going to move to college and stuff. And then there would just be no way to just like bring back tie them to this town, you know? Yeah. And now, and then they did it. And I underestimated them and I need to own that. And secondly, uh, they've said that like there is Vecna, whether he, an essence of Vecna, whether he's in Max now, which I'm starting to like just a personal theory. Yeah. Or um, Will, Will seems to be interacting. Well, and Will's, at, yeah, yeah. Will is touched by it. As soon as he um, came home. As soon as he came back there, exactly, vicinity. And uh, so now I kind of do have a vibe of what's going to happen as opposed mm. to the kind of finality that the last season kind of had attached yeah. to it. Uh, Bar, the, obviously, the Hopper thing. Was I like, think season five, gonna, us, yeah. season five is going to have a body count. Yeah, season five is going to have a body count. Um, but I think it's going to be Vecna again, and why not? Because they've, they've, they've put a face on the bad now. Yeah. As opposed to just this like, force of nature. It's both. And Elle um, has to have a real showdown with him. And Elle has to have a real showdown. Um, she had her like Super Saiyan moment. You know, she kind of went like she she fought him on his own level and came out on top. Yeah. Um, so I, I do. I have like, I, I suppose I have pictures in my head of what might be. But I, I, I've underestimated this show for the last time and I'm not going to do it again. But they have, for me, laid it out a little bit. Like all we knew from the last season was Hopper's not dead. That's all I got. Yeah. All I got. Hopper not dead. That's it. I had no idea how Russia was going to tie into it. I could piece it together myself maybe a little bit, but they gave me nothing. And now they touched. I, I, there was an awful lot of exposition in the last 15 minutes. Yeah. Like, because, you know, the Beckner was gone, all of this jazz, and they were like settling down and L was reunited with Hopper and all of that jazz. And um, then they were like talking. Will was talking about Beckner not being dead in no uncertain terms, not dead, not going to stop. He's the enemy. And then you had the sky start to, and I call it the upside, the, the upside, downside, upside down. That's what I'm calling it. And that's where the world Why is. Why don't you just call the ups- it the downside up? Because that's like not awkward enough. <laughs> Man, one of our favorite shows is It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> the wordiness is what makes it, man. The wordiness. <laughs> you insist on that, but I don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, no, no I think I, you know, on yourself, I, I hope they finish though, because I don't want to get Game of Thrones. Yeah, like I, I really just can't I really... be Game of Thrones again, man. Yeah. I'm honestly, and I'm a guy who suffers from panic attacks on a daily basis. I'm mm. still, I, I honestly, I'll go through that, but I can't be Game of Thrones again. I'm not uh, strong enough. I'm not <laughs> strong enough. Yeah, man, like, I just hope, yeah, uh, like, it's a pay- we have to wait till 2024 to see season five, but, like, like if they're taking all next year to make it, probably, like, I- I'd say we could get six really long episodes, so well, I really hope to just wrap it up, it gets uh, gets the finish that we all want, and, like, I don't know, like, how I want to see it end, I just want to see it get a good ending, I want to be satisfied by the ending and not see it get cancelled after seven seasons like Game of Thrones, you know what I mean, like, it's just, it's just the way it is, I just want to see it, uh, you know, culminate. Wrap yourself up. 
Yeah, I just wanted to see it coming in, in a way that's gratifying to everyone. I hope all the characters get their get a good ending. Like if anyone dies, I hope they get good deaths. I think the the missing opportunity of Max because she's such a good character that would give her a strong death like that would have been epic. But I just hope over the next couple of years that any little leaks and shit that comes out that it's all cool shit and we all get really excited for it and actually lives up to his expectations because right now expectations are through the fucking roof for season five because of what they did with season yeah. four. So hopefully they have an be. idea of what they're doing. So before we get the fuck out here, no, do you want to say anything else? No, man, I think we touched upon this. That I'd like to say thank you, Stranger Things. It's been a wild ride. Yeah, I can you just yeah, and I underestimated you, so I owe you an apology and I won't do it again. I'm looking forward to season five. Yeah. Um, well done on absolutely everybody. Yeah, everybody um, in that before show. we get out here, all I want to say is we don't mind that you may or may not have ripped this story off from some guy called the Montauk Project. That's all we're saying. We don't mind that there was a lawsuit. We don't mind because if you're going to steal someone's idea and make it your own, do stranger things. Because <laughs> this shit's fucking awesome. <laughs> are, you, are you going to steal someone's idea and make it your own? <laughs> Stranger things have happened. <laughs> <laughs> it was the last little chocolate, the forced chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> it was the lower capital. Like it was like you turned off caps lock for the little chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. I'm your host, Mr. Green. I'm also done too. Thanks for saying uh, And that was Invasion Party Snatchers, and that's Stranger Things. And uh, see you next time, motherfuckers. Back to Hawkins, back to the upside down. Fuck you, Vecna. You can't catch me. You cannot catch me. See you next time, peeps. Before you go, wrap your ears around this. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. <laughs> If you don't like and subscribe, we're all going to laugh at you. You want some candy? You want some candy? We want some likes and subscribes? <laughs> Hit like and subscribe. Hit like and subscribe. <laughs> just 10 seconds shorter just 10 seconds shorter yeah. that's what we'll agonizing. do but shorter by 10 seconds folks <laughs> this is agonizing for those I'm sure they've already turned off the show <laughs> yeah I know yeah no, no one's here <laughs> just turn off the light when you leave yeah <laughs> yo she bitch let's go see you next time motherfuckers peace <laughs>